The show that makes its own intros every time. No, no. It's no. the show that builds a world before your very ears, Goshua. Oh my god, I screwed it up you again. You screwed I'm it up. I gave you one chance to do it and you ruined it. You tore my name through the mud. I, I've disappointed you. Just I've for that, tell the people where they can find us and send us questions. Oh my god, that is a part of what we do as well. I forgot that. Guys, we answer homebrewing questions and we answer those questions when they are sent to our email address, which is loredumpquestions at gmail.com or to our Twitter or Instagram at at loredump. <laughs> so you should send them there. I love watching you look down at your notes to see where we send them. I love it so much. I forget every time. No, you're fine. You're fine. It's beautiful. I like it's torturing beautiful. our guests by asking them to do it when yeah. obviously would, they would never have, we should have next Next episode, we should have our audience tell us where they find questions. Like just, Dora yeah. the Explorer. It's an interactive medium. <laughs> we'll just wait and listen and be like, that's right. Where it you, is. Where do you send questions? Bominos. <laughs> Everybody, let's go. Swiper, no bind swiping. Bind the map, bind the map, bind the map, bind the map. Shut up, map. Bind the map. <laughs> Ow. I don't know why I shot a map. This is dumb. Can we cut this? You're going to leave it in. You give me that. I'm leaving it. Look. <laughs> Oh, sorry, that was our editor. I don't know where he comes from. Um, oh, he's so spooky. He's so omnipotent. He's also well, very the, handsome. Tis the season. Guys, just after. little known fact, our editor, bombshell. Like, gorgeous. He's got so many abs. He's got a seventh ab. I don't know he's, how it happened. He we, he likes to be called um, Hunkstein. <laughs> oh, is that what he told you? He, he told me editor daddy. I was like, no, Editor daddy so. is better than Hunkstein. Actually, Hunk I'm not going to pay I'm you. dumb. We don't, pay, we don't pay him? Sean. Where's uh, the money I've been giving what, you to pay the what editor? What are we going to talk about this week, What are you week, doing Josh? with that what money, you, What are we going to talk about this week, Joshua? Okay, I'll we'll talk about this later, sweetie. Off camera. <laughs> <laughs> this week, oh man, I'm, I'm pumped for this topic, guys. I just, when we were writing out our list of things to talk about, I wrote down a weird place. Yeah, we're gonna make we're gonna a talk weird about place. a weird place. Yeah, yeah, you know those things that don't make any fucking sense to be on our map yeah. or anything like that. Okay, but you really want like to excite your players. You want to like bring this world to life. You want to like add that breath of fresh air. Have your players walk over a ridge, and all of a sudden there is just the weirdest geographical feature on the planet, and their minds will be blown. All like, the trees it's... look like giant penises. Whoa! Yeah, what I mean, this is you real could life. do that. <laughs> this is fantasy whoa welcome or hell to the bushwoods um, i'm so happy and mad at you at the same time <laughs> right now <laughs> so we're gonna make a weird place for our players to and our dms to use and it's just gonna be weird and then when we're done with that we're gonna answer a question from our amazing audience uh, so that's good. what we're doing today. <laughs> so, oh, we already did that. We did that bit. Sean, I've been noodling. 
You've been new. Tell me, give me all your pasta. Throw it at my sticky wall. Okay, I've got. Here we go. And here's Maybe here's what I'm little... thinking for a weird place. Weird <laughs> place, right? Stick stick with me. I was running through ideas uh, and throwing them. Okay, at you go down the there. list of the, all the ideas, all the different uh, ones. Upside down lake was one That's that I said. Good one. Uh, and and you know maybe we'll implement that elsewhere. Uh, giant mushrooms are always a fun one, right? Or like places yeah. that are made entirely of. They crystal. are pretty fun guys. That's twice this episode where I'm happy and angry at you at the same time. <laughs> I hate myself enough for the both of us. Next place. <laughs> Baby. Okay, so like like that sort of thing's like crystal places. They're all crystals, you know, mm-hmm. like that sort of thing, that sort of thing. What I think I've settled on, and and and, and I think you're going to agree with this, is mm-hmm. a volcano, but instead of lava, it vomits cold weather, ice, snow, sleet, all that kind of jazz. Oh, that's very interesting. Okay. I do like that. Okay. So we just plot this someplace. And maybe it's a place that shouldn't be cold. Like, Hmm. you're walking through a jungle. And in the middle of this jungle, all of a sudden you walk into... Yeah, you walk up to the base of a glacier. And you begin to travel up this glacier. And there are, like, these flows of ice, like, slowly kind of sloshing down the side of this mountain. And as you get higher up, it begins to snow. It's avalanching. It's avalanching, yeah, constantly. And, like, the jungle is so warm that when it hits a certain point, it just melts off. Like... So, basically, it creates a little... Like, it erupts and then creates a bunch of rivers that flood the area very quickly. Yes. I do I love that a lot. And it is just like, this is just this random ice bi- biome in the middle of this warm jungle that is temperately and geographically Insane. a warm place. Yeah. yeah. But when you get into this, like this volcano that's spewing out enough frigid weather that the local vicinity is frozen and then it melts off and like, it's all swampland in the jungle around it. Like oh, that course. jungle is completely submerged in... And there's just this weird abrupt edge where the jungle becomes glaciers that are melting. It becomes like from temperate jungle to fjord. Yeah. I love that so much. That's cool. Okay. okay, That's weird stuff. Okay. So, so what are, what are some elements of, of ice? Of ice. Yeah. What are, what are different features of this biome? We've kind of talked about it a little bit already, but I want to talk about it more. Um, there wouldn't be smoke rising from it. I just realized that. No. No, you're right. Steam. No, because it's not warm. Yeah, it's cold. Would it just be vomiting out a snowstorm? Always? Maybe not. We'd. I think we'd have to talk more about the specifics of how it erupts and where it's coming from That's to get idea. what's happening around it. I love it. Yeah. So this is your mind's eye looking down on this snowy snowcano. Mm. what's what's going on there how do you envision this thing working because it's not tectonic plates going under each other plates i don't think it's to do with that oh it could be like to do with the egg or something from the underdark to be honest we don't have tectonic plates on this planet yeah there is no so things are just sort of all over the place yeah i mean it could be like there is an ice dragon that is buried there or died there uh, oh, is this one of our ascendant dragons? It could be a dead ascendant dragon. The tomb of an ascendant dragon. Yeah, and the heart still beats. 
And Ooh. when you tamper with it, that's what caused it to erupt. Ooh, or it's so cold that it beats like every, once every other month. And that's when it And erupts. that's when it goes off. Yes, Ooh. that's so good. Ooh. Oh, I love it. It used oh. to be an active volcano that got turned into an ice cano or a snow cano. Yes. This dragon like collapsed inwards and fell into it as it died from whatever killed it. A big gun. Someone shot it with a really Someone big gun. shot it with a rail gun. And it <laughs> fell out of the sky into this volcano in the middle of this jungle. Oh, I love and it. And became an ice volcano. And it's sort of like... I almost feel like it's Which not means dead. That, oh, okay. What if it's okay, sleeping there? But while it's hibernating, its heartbeat is so slow that every time its heartbeat, it creates that updraft of ice and sleet and snow. I like it. I like it. If it was also a volcano, it was hot at one point. Yes. So steam is an option. Well. Or is it completely frozen over? I think it's completely frozen. I I do love the idea of this thing being in the area. This thing hasn't been warm since it showed up there i also love the aesthetic of cryo frozen lava fields where if you go into this volcano and find this hibernating dragon it is this the black obsidian whatever color of frozen lava and then it's it's been flash flash frozen like maybe even the volcano was mid-eruption when it collapsed into it and there are these pillars of rock and flame and lava that are frozen in place i love that oh i love that that's good stuff so cool that's good stuff our brains are good together our brains do a little tango and it's always Mm -hmm. fun to watch oh okay that's okay. amazing. So that's so, fantastic. Love how it works. Now is this thing? Should we decide? Is it alive? Is it dead? Is it like I like nearly what you dead? Said, man. I love it. I I like the like it's in stasis of sorts, like you said. Like it almost died, but then they yeah. they thought jumping it into the volcano killed it, but it was able to freeze it before it died. Now it's just hiding down there. Recovering. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I love it. And they were kind of like, okay, dragon's dead, we're outies. Yeah. And then the ice got colder and colder, and each time the heart beat every month or so, yeah, it slowly transitioned just into an ice volcano. That and erupts. now, over time, it's going to begin erupting more and more frequently to where it's just a column of snow being blasted into the air. Yes. And, oh, can there be an expanse around it called the frozen jungle? Where as as the tempest expands, it's dropping snow and ice onto like palm trees and dense undergrowth, and it's it's flash freezing that as well. I love it, oh, but it's flash flash freezing it when it was alive, so it still has these like vibrant colors, yeah, and stuff trapped under ice. Ooh. There's just like a layer of ice over it. That's very interesting and good. Oh, this place is cool. This is so cool. Okay. So it's it's semi alive, semi alive, semi alive, kind of maybe recuperating. We don't know or stuck in this like hurt state. Oh, I think that's I think we leave that up to the DM what they want. Do they want this thing to be slowly dying or do they want this thing to be slowly coming back to life? That either would be cool. Yeah, either one they can use for a plot hook. But I think it just being there either way is cool. I I, get it. You could I just like campaign thing. I'm like. Somebody figures out there's a dying ice dragon. They want you to go get the heart of ice. They want you to kill for them, and you have to which like, kill this. Yeah. Surviving the inside of this place would be its encounter on its own. Yeah, 
and then and like just... yetis and weird things have like ended up taking a bow there or maybe even like jungle creatures have begun to begun to adapt to like yeah i like that that they've almost begun to evolve with this this happen this happening going around the volcano yeah and it's been a couple hundred years like this like this is a gradual process yeah right it's been do we give this dragon backstory what do we give the dragon backstory i don't think we need to we can give it our own backstory if you want to but i think that again is left entirely up Up to to the dm dm if they want to say like you know oh yeah it, it literally froze the north of this planet and then it came here and died i love that yeah it doesn't matter let's leave it open yeah for me that canon is in my head now yeah, that, both, this is, both things you said are very right. <laughs> this is the thing that froze both of the caps of the planet. And then it was chased here and eventually almost killed. Maybe with an, maybe it was another ascendant dragon, right? Like, yeah, it or the one of fire who's like, don't freeze the whole world, you little cuck. You dick. Yeah, he ripped his head off. <laughs> well, he didn't rip his head off, but he nearly Took killed him. a big him. old chomp out of his Actually, that something. makes the perfect sense for them to be fighting over a volcano. And then oh, he like yeah. threw him into it, and he's like, "Yeah, now you're dead." But then, little did he know, didn't realize that his baby boy would one day rule a nation. Okay. Sorry, that's a church song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. Okay, so like, so we kind of know why it's erupting. What does that eruption look like? We we touched upon this earlier, but but we were like, well, we need to know why. Well, I really like, um, like you said, like ice flows coming out of it but then literally just an explosion of snow and sleet coming straight out of this thing like hailstones the size of boulders flying down around it yes like all that shit i love that there could be like a side that like is called the hail fields or something too like i love like different i love like like where it's this snowy glacier and there's just giant hailstones the size of cars impacted into it and like you early early explorers who don't even know like the ice volcano is there like you could be walking through the jungle and there's just a spot where trees are bowled over and there's this giant slowly melting chunk of ice or there's like there's like, like a lake with all these trees destroyed around it like what the fuck happened here what the shit yeah, yeah. there's just an depending on how soon you make it to the uh, yeah i well, do I love mean, the idea of just a giant snowball the first landing ones, in the jungle the first like eruption could have been more potent if it's dying the you know they could have been the size of houses that impacted the ground and left these massive craters and became like almost lakes and they're like Mm -hmm. everything around this lake is destroyed what the fuck happened i love it i love it that's fun i like it oh that's so good yeah are there like cave systems and crevasses and stuff into it as well or do you have to go to the top and go down um i think they're i don't know if there'd be oh ooh. What if it was close to the water? Okay. And it was on. like sea caves that have been frozen shut. Okay. Where this thing I used like to vent it. out. And there's like parts. Because so you know how like oh, yeah. volcanoes are made by thermal vents and there's like yeah. thermal vents near them in the water? Yeah. What if those are also frozen? Yeah, like you're you're going through if you're coming by boat on like the boat side or the seaside and you're crossing and it's all tropical waters and coral reefs mm-hmm. and then you hit this point and you hit the frozen reef. You literally have to walk to the shore. Field. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's these caves that you're talking about, like these these 
ice vents. And maybe these vents, these caves, there's ice blasting out of them as well. Yeah. If you approach that way. And you like have to walk into this frozen weather. There's and like you're this dressed howling in tropical attire. Of snow yeah. and ice coming out. Yeah, I like that. And I do love the idea of there being like a frozen coral reef, just like a frozen jungle. As oh, well. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's gorgeous. Oh, man. God, that's good. Flash frozen fish and all that shit. Yeah. Oh, that's so aesthetic. Okay. okay, so we've got the like cave systems that you could approach by. You could scour the mountain and then go down the interior of mm-hmm. this frozen mm-hmm. volcanic eruption. It'd be almost impossible to climb that mountain, though. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be really hard. Covered in ice. And there's all kinds of dangers, like glaciers with hidden crevasses and pitfalls that oh, yeah. drop hundreds of feet, and these hail fields, and these ice cliffs, and the impending storms that just sweep in out of nowhere, mm-hmm. and the frigid cold. Yeah. Ooh, that's spicy, that's spicy. Now, what kind of creatures would have evolved here? Mm. Answer me, riddle me this, Batman. What jungle creatures do we have? Can we have ice grung? <laughs> Arctic frogs? Yes. Mm-hmm. Fully. Fully, fully, yes. fully, fully, fully. Can that be like the the native kind of humanoid sentient population or ice grung? Well, okay. Now, yes, I love that. But what if there's also UNT here? Okay. Tell me more. Snow snakes. I love it. So they're like they have adapted to survive because they're they used to live around that volcano they tend to be cold-blooded yeah but what if something about this dragon's nature almost forced them to immediately adapt to the cold and not be able to survive the heat so now they're almost trapped here around this island they're they're furry snakes oh that's gross (laughs) why would you even say that (laughs) sorry Okay, no, no, but I like an I Alaskan like bullworm. I like the, um, I like the idea of like the arcane magic is seeping off the dragon, mm-hmm. and it is affecting other creatures. Yeah, it's like forcing so. them to almost inherently adapt against their will. Okay, so we've got ice. You like we've got cold weather. You on tea, um, and we've got cold weather grung. I love it. I love that because it's what would inherently be living in a warm climate like this, anyways, but yeah. in a tundra. Just are there any it. settlements or towns for these? I mean, groups? there'd be probably some. Uh, would there be like tree forts for Grung? Because they're like tree frogs. So there's like, I mean, the interest. So maybe the maybe the fro- they live in the frozen jungles mostly. Like, I mean, I would a little assume bit closer. Yeah. yeah, and maybe they actually hollow out the frozen trees. Ooh, you've got palm trees that are bored out. And they yeah. live in these like ice trees. I like that. Cool. The UNT are more builders. Sorry, go ahead. Well, yeah, no, they have to build their houses out of ice and snow. <laughs> Just igloos. ice caves and stuff like that. Our UNTs live in igloos. I love that. Yeah. They're like snow palaces, like snow cave system igloos that like cut into the side. I of almost this imagine volcano. them building igloos like on frozen beaches. And like ice fishing for their food. The UNT? I yeah. like that. That's a really weird take on UNT. Exactly. For it. Yeah. I'm crazy. What if these UNT are like, it? they're hot blooded, like, is essentially what you're saying. Like, like they're they, almost like salamanders. 
yeah, they suffer from heat stroke if they're out in the sun. The, yeah, like if they leave this part of this area, because the jungle is very hot and warm, if they yeah. leave this environment, they will be in a very bad place. And it's like a small population. We're talking like a couple hundred. Yeah. Living on these ice, I, on the frozen ocean, ice fishing. They've essentially been trapped here by this express uh, evolution. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> that is so dang cool. It's so dank. Cool. Dank. Okay, so we've got our humanoids. Creatures. Creatures? The thing is, like, I immediately think yetis, but, like, there wouldn't be any yetis Exactly. Here. That's why I yeah, said UNT, so because like, they would yeah. have been living here before. Yeah, so this is very much like, 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 we're talking snow leopards, maybe. What if? things like that. I had a thought. Okay. So... What if there used to be like some sort of like fire elemental, like lava creatures okay. that are now living obsidian? Okay, so they've turned more into like a construct direction or like a like a. They're still like the same entity. It's just been flash frozen and taken a different form. So they work rather than being like a sort of flexible, flammable fire elemental. They're more a more like a stone golem. They're kind of like an earth golem, yeah. But they did they still retain retain some of their like fire breaths, or is that all icy? I like the idea of them being icy still. What if they're flash frozen fire? There's like this ice form with this fire still burning in the middle of it. Yeah, their core is still hot. Yeah, and like when they cross the ice sheets, it leaves this like cut. Of like almost like a melt yeah and if you come across like their their trail early you see like why is it's freezing cold and then there's just this pool of water that runs in a straight line meandering off in one direction yeah i like, I like that. that so there's some sort of adapted elementals living in this area yeah. beautiful okay. now are there leopards made snow leopards <laughs> i mean I like the idea that just some animals are freaking adaptable. So trolls, trolls would be really good for like trolls just change with their environment. Like they yeah, just there are, are such things as Arctic trolls too. Yeah, so we just have Arctic trolls now and jungle trolls, like yeah, kind of right next to each other. Um, but like snow leopards and like the more like kind of beast creatures. I mean, like snow leopards are very adaptable. Like they can deal with warm and cold climates to some extent because. But of regular them. leopards. Are they adaptable? Yeah. Yeah. So I think they would have moved outside to the actual jungle portion. Okay. So this is pretty barren in regards to beasts. I think anything that couldn't survive here would have left. Yeah, gone out to the jungle. Yeah, like beast related. Because UNT probably would have been like, no, fuck you. I live here. This is my house. Why is it cold? Yeah. Then they they got stuck and they were like, they dug in. But the beasts tend to be gone. So we've got like the creatures that adapt, we've got the elementals, we've got the trolls. Mm hmm. And then we've got the humanoids to deal with the cold temperatures. Yes. And would the trolls be like warm blooded as well, or would they just be regular? Like, would their I blood be it, superheated? I don't know the troll. I don't know the troll blood works like that. Trolls are just kind of warm blooded. Trolls are adaptable through mutation. They just become resistant. Right, but to did things. they mutate? to have like super warm blood to keep them from freezing to death or did they just adapt to be fine with the cold traditional arctic trolls are just hardier but we could do them in a different way if you wanted to 
I'm just thinking about there's a creature that's like a fin venipede or something like that. It's like a big centipede with oh yeah these wings, and it, they live in Arctic climates, but their body is so incredibly so hot. hot that they live there just so they can survive. <laughs> And we've kind of got that going on with the elementals as well, but we could yeah. do that with the trolls. Like, no, no, I'm, well. I'm fine with like that arcane magic them. infused, and they like they vomit hot sulfur. <laughs> like, the trolls do. Yeah. Interesting. Like their bellies are essentially giant. You cut up a troll, and you could hide in it, and like outlast the. You could tauntaun a troll. Yeah, a troll yeah. troll. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> interesting i like it i, like I don't it. know i like having trolls just be like any version of them that exists is like a gross almost mutant-esque yeah version of it's not just like oh they're a little colder that's fine so what if they are like they're not arctic trolls they are jungle trolls which comes with like poison and heat and all of that yeah but they've mutated this tough frozen outer exterior so aesthetically they've got like this froze ice caked onto them but there's like these vents that essentially bleed hot ooze out of them Ooh, now that i like yeah and maybe we have maybe they live in there is a portion a side of this volcano that didn't get quite flash frozen as hard so all of the snow rains down on a field that still vents sulfuric fumes and heat and that's where they and live. it's this weird frozen sulfur field and they live in that i like that that's cool yeah oh that's good i'm just envisioning like the hot springs where you sit in the hot springs and it's really warm and there's steam rising from it and the snow comes down on it because it's at high altitude can we have some of those monkeys live there that sit in those oh, hot tubs fuck yeah yeah there's just the monkeys from Japan that yeah, sit in the hot tub. Yeah, in the hot tub. Yeah. And they Fuck got yeah. there. They they were just regular monkeys. And yeah, they like, adapted. They're I like, like hot tubs. We found these cool warm pools. We're fine. Yeah, we can live in the cold because there's hot tubs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I love those monkeys. <laughs> yes. They got everything figured out. Oh, this is amazing. I I love this this weird place. I I'm so happy with this it. Monkey. Is there anything else we need in our weird place? I think we covered a no, lot i think it. we've left enough for people who want to just take it and use it there's also enough space to just do whatever the fuck you want in there yeah yeah for sure do we need to name it we can name it what we want do we not just call it the heart of ice because that's easy to remember and then they can always name it whatever works for them i think you want to name it the frozen jungle the frozen oh yeah well the frozen jungle is yeah let's call it the frozen jungle yeah hmm. That doesn't allude to the volcano either. So the volcano is then a surprise when they go to the frozen jungle. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's hard to keep anything like that a surprise because the world would obviously know that there's a frozen volcano shooting ice around over there. See, I kind of, I was, I was thinking that this jungle was already a hinterlands and it is not heavily explored at all. This is like in the middle of nowhere. Really? It isn't something that people are aware of. Yeah. Okay. And it's so encompassed by this large jungle that it takes getting through the jungle to get to the jung the frozen jungle. And once you've crossed the frozen jungle, you get to the volcano at its heart. Maybe it's not like commoners and everyday people know about this. Yeah. But this is like explorers, lore bards, like they have There are stories told about the ice cano or the snow cano. Yeah. You're like, there's this weird thing out there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. 
It, enough is a hook. And that's what I mean. Like, if you say, well, there's this weird thing and that's the frozen jungle. That's what the players go engaging. And then they yes. find that. They find and the volcano. And then the volcano. Yeah. yeah. That's how, like, I I think I the frozen like jungle is a better name. Yeah. We call it the frozen jungle as the lore hook because they're like, that's interesting. Mm. And then you get to go to the ice volcano as well at the center yeah. of it. Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We've named it. We've defined it. We've stamped it. It is somewhere on this planet. We, who knows? doesn't matter right now. It's on the right side. The, oh, that's the best side. That's a good yeah. side. Well, okay. that's sidest of you, but sure. I'm sorry. You're right. I like both sides, honestly. I don't see sides. All right, guys. So do you want us <laughs> to uh, answer, ask a, answer a question now? Let's do that. <laughs> no, let's stick on the thing I said. Okay, tell us more about what you think here. All right, so our first question is from who? Gosh, is that <laughs> our question today uh, is from our good friend, Liz. Oh. Uh, yeah. And they asked. Wait, just a singing geek? Just a singing okay. geek. Okay, yes. Sorry. I, I didn't want to give a full name, and then I didn't have just a singing geek written here because I'm dumb. I just wanted to make sure it was the right Liz. Yes, the right, that's the Liz. This is an this is a long time asker, uh, long time friend, good human being, D and D content mm-hmm. creator. They play D and D together on a channel on a Twitch channel. It's very good, very good. So, just a thing he asks. So we've listened to this world come to life and be filled with some incredible detail places, historically important NPCs, items, races, and their histories. You've got it all. Now. Even such stupendous human beings as yourselves, your stupendous Sean, uh, surely cannot expect to be able to recall any of these tidbits of information at the drop of a hat. Or maybe you can, I don't know your life. So my question is, what is your go-to method of organizing the lore of your worlds? Especially so that it's easily accessible, should a player unexpectedly ask the right questions and make the right roles that leave you searching for information you know you know somewhere deep down, but weren't necessarily prepared with at the moment how can you easily find the information you want to share so how do you organize information and how do you make it easy to find and manage good question liz it's a great question i'm the worst person to answer this question of all time i what do you do Tell i us. barely ever use notes i just remember okay. it and i hate myself for it because i either remember it or i don't yeah and no amount of note-taking is going to change that for me. And I hate that I can't take notes. I wish I could use them better, but I just physically can't do it. Ha- okay, here's the, the lesson of that story, and I think I've said this before. Having played with Sean, his worlds are very realized, living, breathing places, like having been DM'd by him a number of times. So you don't have to have notes, is the takeaway from that. If you have the brain for it, you're good. Because Sean, you... You hit it out of the park every time. Your worlds well, are amazing. Yeah, we th- thank. That's very nice of you to say. Thank you very much. But I wish I could very much just have notes at the ready and be like, okay, reference that, reference that. Make sure I say this thing because they would notice that. Because I'll be honest, there there are occasions where I mean to tell the player something and I completely forget it. But even if I had like, oh, be sure to mention this is like a little note on somewhere, mm-hmm. I would forget about that note. <laughs> because yeah. otherwise I would have remembered to tell them in the first place. But you you do use some planners and stuff, right? For for your stuff. The way I, I do it, 
and I, I don't know why we have to get back to the question eventually, but the way I do it is that I have a OneNote with all the world lore on it, but I just write it there and then I don't need it later on. Because for me, once I write it down somewhere, that's me solidifying it in my own mind. Oh, so it's like you you lock it away because you've written it down. Yeah, once I, I make the choice and that is what it is, my mind won't have any of the other information from before. You know what I mean? Interesting, interesting. So I'm locking it in by typing it out, and that solidifies it in my head. That's beautiful. Yeah. But that's me. I, that's why I said I'm the worst person to ask this question about because I don't. Well, I'm not I, good at notes or using them in any way. I don't think that's the wrong way of doing it, and I think that every person is a little bit different. Yeah. Uh, and you get DMs who like there are you know what is it Anvil Forge or whatever. Um, like oh there yeah, are systems World Anvil design or World Anvil. Thank you. Like they're a system designed for this. I'm definitely open to get a sponsorship if you want World Anvil. Yeah, if you're yeah. out there listening, yeah. anyone works with them or knows them in person. I, I I've been looking at World Anvil because I like the um, ability to like graph out the planes and the way they interact with each other and things like that. Like there's some functions in there that are very useful, but that is a lot of you're going to dedicate a lot of time to do use yeah. those tool sets fully. Yeah, um, I'm. I know, like you know, we make fun of me for like writing a ton, and I do write a ton. But also, like, the world builds itself as you go as well, so it's a lot of going back to my notes. A lot of the time, I write things down to make sure I can remember them later as a point yeah. of reference. That's um, also another good point. Just If you have an idea, make sure to put it somewhere on paper or somewhere you will be able to see it again because you will forget it. So, I personally have a Google Drive, uh, and I have a series of documents in that Google Drive that define the settings. So I also have three settings that I juggle and work on simultaneously um, that are entire planets with different pantheons and worlds and things like that. So I have to differentiate those things because I forget. I'm currently only running a game in the Greyhawk setting, which is a predefined setting, but it's been highly, highly custom tailored (laughs) and there's a lot of plot there. Um, So I have for the Greyhawk setting, uh, I think the document is 25 pages along for people, places, and gods. Uh, and then I usually have a plot document that is the BBEG plot. I have a timeline document that defines um, the calendars and the days and then the basic timeline of events for the worlds. Uh, and then I have a document that defines like the planes and the deities and things like that and how they interwork. Um, so I have those documents and the core document that's people in places is, is the big long one. Uh, but those documents are not referenced in game. I've talked about this before, but I write session notes before the session. I usually have about three to four pages of outline based on what I think the players are going to do and what I want to convey during that time. Uh, And the majority of that is just, if I know they're in this geographic region, they they are physically able to go in these directions. So I pop the people that I need to know and I drop them into the session notes. I pop the locations I need to know and I drop them into the session notes. Um, And then I write the key like elements that may occur, the encounters in, and I have that on a sheet of paper so that I can quick reference it. It's not foolproof. Sometimes if, you know, a player wants to teleport to the other side of the planet and they're able to do that, you likely haven't accounted for that. It's not foolproof. Yeah, it's it's coming. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, And even with, you know, with the way Morton would behave in Conundrum Company, like there were times where I'm like, oh, that's entirely not what i was expecting 
and then you just leverage your DM skills and a lot of the lore I know off the top of my head as well. I'm just more comfortable if I can have it to reference. Uh, I also have a really bad habit of like having pre-written texts and then I can't remember the name of them. So I like pull those and drop them in place. But just having those session notes, Matt Mercer always talks about having like an NPC name sheet you can pull from. That's the sort of thing that I use on the daily. I know that's different to world building and the world building documents are just lengthy, lengthy documents organized in a way that works for my brain. Mm-hmm. And that's really dependent on person. Yeah. Does that answer the question, Sean? Or did I go off on a tangent? I don't think you went on off a tangent. No, no, no. Um, okay. okay. <laughs> I, think, I forgot the question. <laughs> well, no, that's exactly what they wanted, I think. More like, how do you organize your information for your world and your setting? Yeah. Um, I will say that I've never... I've never introduced something into my world, like a certain race or class or something, unless I know how it fits into the lore of my world. Like you should never have, you know, a, an Asimar on your plane or your planet without knowing how Asimars function. Because if your players run into them, they're going to say, Hey, what do I know about Asimar? And you're going to be like, what do I know about Asimar? I should probably make that up now on the spot. Um, so I would never put anything that I haven't already come up with some sort of explanation for on my world. Yeah. And I think that's pretty easy to do with what your players ask to play because you can do that before the campaign even starts. Yeah. But then as you introduce more and more NPCs and different people in different cities, like if it's on a map somewhere, you should at least have a paragraph describing that city or town or something you can at least describe and have something to do there once they get there. Because they could surprise you and be like, oh, I found a way to get there in a day. And you're like, fuck you a little bit, actually. Okay, um, hold on. I can do this. Yeah. And then you've got to pull it out of your butt. Yeah. Which is scary. I will also say it really depends on the campaign you're running. I run intrigue campaigns mm-hmm. and long con campaigns that require i drop hints 10 episodes or sessions i say episodes because we live stream it but 10 sessions before 15 sessions before something is revealed and i lace that in for those oh yeah moments you have to have things to find a long time before like sean was just saying like you need to know the chess pieces to do that sort of campaign if you're doing a beat 'em up campaign or a rolling from fantasy campaign or a like war campaign, those are not like no one of these is superior to the other, mm-hmm. but it doesn't always require the same level of forethought and definition. So it's really dependent on what you want to run. Um, and you will learn what you do best as a DM by DMing. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's just a, that's just time. And then knowing what you like to DM and how you like to DM, you will define how you want to organize your stuff and what you need to define and what you don't. It's very experience. True. Yeah. Yeah, it stinks, but having experience will help. You just have to get the experience. You have to fuck up. You have to Honestly, do you have to you have to do wrong to know it's wrong sometimes. Oh yeah. Like you have to have a player ask you a question and you'd be like, fuck, I didn't even think about that that i will know for the future this is a correction i have to make 
and you will never be perfect either. Like, don't be afraid. Like well, you're perfect, all of us yeah, goof. Okay. Like if you watch Matt, you can watch him goof on a lore thing or like a drop and like be disappointed with himself. Like Matt Mercer, like, you know, the, the one that everyone like, he, he knows he goofs. Like we goof, we mess things up. If you close, learn from if, that. yeah. If you look close enough, you can actually see him yep. not know, but make it up in the moment. You know, like I see what you're doing there. Yeah, you can. There's there's things you can watch for with enough experience too, mm -hmm. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. But it, that is also part of the DM skill set is is being able to do it when you have to. Yes. Because um, it will happen inevitably. Yeah. What you want to avoid fully, and this is, I mean, it's not something to always avoid, but it is something to dial back when your notes don't really support where your party's going is railroading you shouldn't railroad because you are scared of being unprepared you should railroad if if the moment calls for it but not if you're like oh i don't think i have enough information for them to go in that direction i'm gonna make sure they can't go in that direction that's sort of a shitty thing to do and it makes the players feel like they don't actually have any agency in your world and I will, there's also a thing to be said along those same lines is I will go into different sessions with different amounts of preparation. There are sessions I go into where I'm like, I don't know where the party's going. This is a, this is a crossing point. This is a, I just write down some basic notes and some, I kind of try to ga gauge the party's perspective on a few things and, and pull that information together. So I have it. Uh, and I know my world well enough that I know I can, like, if they, like, yeet in some random direction, I'll have some people for them to talk to, and I'll have a description of the town, like Sean said. But other than that, that's that's all that's on the session sheet. Like, yeah. and that's, that's... Sometimes you come in with, like, a big, heavily planned encounter. Sometimes you come in with diddly squat. <laughs> as long as you know your world well enough, which is what Sean is really saying and nailing, like, yeah. hitting it home. And it's not even like you have to know every inch of your world. Josh no. also hit it out of the park earlier where if you want to f make a campaign that feels like it's an open world, you only have to make accessible the areas they can reach in a single session. They, you know, like say they're level one, they're not going to get more than a few miles in a day because you can kill them easily if they do that uh and as you they level up that radius they can cover will expand because of different spells different people they meet different you know uh, access to different things money can help them travel faster so as they level up that radius that you will have to cover will get wider but you will be able to do that better through experience in having them traveled in the past be like okay i covered this much it was pretty easy I can write a few more things down and have it cover this much and so on and so forth. Uh, I also think it's a great practice if you want to run that kind of campaign um, that you have your players tell you at the end of the session what they plan on doing next session. That gives you like a direction to actually move in because you know what they're going to follow. You can actually make that more detailed. Still have some things on the side in case they change their mind in the week but player journals are invaluable like if they're willing to do that sort of thing whatever medium that manifests as like 
I'm so lucky with my players that just like absolutely dig in and like they talk about the psyche and the current like emotional well-being. That allows me to intuit some things as well there to mm. think about. It's very, very helpful. Yeah. And mechanically, I know we, we, we probably scare folks a little bit when we say like, you know, you reach higher levels and they can just go wherever. That's still not true. Yes. Know the spells that are out there because there are limitations on almost all, all of them, barring like wish and a few ridiculous things. Teleport. Travel is not indefinite and you can't just magically go wherever you want. Yeah. Tele like there are there are things you need to know, there is information you need to have. Yes. And with that, you can make sure that you are carefully revealing information that will keep them within the structure that you've built even with like the more advanced trend like travel spells like you yeah. know they need to know physical location or a name or a person or a blah 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 or whatever yeah. like there's there's elements to that and you can release that to them so they can do it but then you know they have it mm -hmm. so you know there's an opportunity for them to go there and you can plan accordingly yes spells like teleportation circle teleport via plants um those are only those can bring you to a specific place you have already been yep. so there's not like a scare that you have to write all this new information you have to at least know what's going on since they've been away but you don't have to you know write a whole new city because they're going to teleport someplace new um yep. but spells like teleport which can take them to a place they have heard about or yeah. can literally jettison them into a random place they've never been before that yeah. that spell is scary. As, that's the level you want to look out for when your party gets there. Yeah, um, also, <laughs> there's a spell called Windwalk, which allows your party to just literally travel in a direction at high speeds. That's another one to look out for if your party has that, because um, they they can cover a good amount of distance in the duration of that spell. The thing about those spells is there is an element of randomness to them that can also save you as a DM. Yes. Where if you don't want them to land in a place, it's a, f a few bad rolls and they're in a different place that slows them down a little bit, gives you time to plan. Or if you're afraid of a party traveling to a specific place too quickly, have an encounter or two in your back pocket that you can just throw out and yep. distract them with. Like, yep. oh, you see a dude getting attacked by a bunch of things. Go save mm -hmm. them. Then they'll meet a new NPC, they'll have a conversation, feel like they did something, then keep moving. And then you'll say, okay, we'll pick up next week in that town. Good game, everybody. See you then. Bye. Yeah, you control the pacing. You absolutely control the pacing. Yeah. Uh, and, like, you'll see me end on, like, where they're about to go somewhere. And that is absolutely, like, honestly, because there's planning that needs to be done and things that yeah. need to be fleshed out. No one can blame you for that, too. Yeah. You have to build an entire city in a week. Yeah. The, if they get mad at you, just say, find out on the table. Yeah. <laughs> God, that was really good advice, Sean. Thanks for sharing that. And that was a really good question, just a singing geek. You're the best. That was a really good question. So I think really that's it. Wait, if people have questions, where do they send them? <sighs> Probably in the where, dump. Where we'll find them eventually. No, um, you can send them to... Whoa. At loredumpquestions at gmail.com or ask the loredump at Instagram or Twitter. Josh isn't listening to me. He's reading. It's so good. It's such good stuff, though. 
It's such good things you've said. Wow. That was horrible. Even the audience knows you weren't paying attention to me. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. What? Turn that music off. Hey, turn that music off. Oh, look, I'm not here. Bye, everybody. Stop staring at me. There it is. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love you. You're the best. I was making sure I had something right. Nothing. Are we still going? Oh. <laughs> I'm still recording.